Hello, and welcome to the DMV Business Show, a weekly show where we get to meet local business and community leaders in the DC, Maryland, and Virginia area. They get to impact their story and how they got there. You can expect to hear advice and learn about their journey and how they went from point A to point B. My name is Odo Sevilla, and I'm a commercial real estate advisor in the local DC, Maryland, and Northern Virginia area. I have been very fortunate to have worked with many amazing entrepreneurs and executives from startup founders to international Fortune 500 companies. And one of the things I love about what I do is I get to form these great relationships with some interesting people. I get to know them and I learn about how it all started. And I love hearing a good business story. When I'm not working in commercial real estate, I just also happen to be the host of this show. So please enjoy and welcome to the DMV Business Show. Hello everyone, welcome to the DMV Business Show. I'm your host, Odo Sevilla, and today I have a very special guest for you, Jonathan Fishbeck. Jonathan is an entrepreneur and three-time startup founder, and now founder and CEO of Estate Space. Welcome to the show, Jonathan. Hey, Adam. Thank you for having me here today. Of course, the pleasure is all mine. Thank you. Before we go into your personal story, if you can just give the audience a brief general overview of what is, who is Estate Space? Awesome. Yeah, no. Um, so State Space is the number one cloud ERP for the ultra high net worth marketplace for non-financial asset management. So if you think about properties, cars, art, jewelry, jets, et cetera, um, we're, we're a dynamic platform that's helping manage all of their non-financial assets and all of the surrounding private operations around those. I love this space. I, I can't wait to get into how you even come about, you know, being in this space. <laughs> Yeah, no, absolutely. Are you originally from this area, from the D.C., Maryland, Northern Virginia area, Jonathan? Uh, yeah, so I was born, uh, I know of Fairfax. Um, I, I grew up here until uh, I was about six. I moved to upstate New York, just outside of Syracuse uh, for 16 years. And then when I was done with college, I came back to uh, Northern Virginia. So you missed uh, the DMV area then? I did, and the sunshine. <laughs> <laughs> well, so you grew up most of the time in upstate New York, right? Yeah, that's right. Um, I know it's colder out there and a little bit more snow than down here. How was it growing up in Syracuse? Uh, I mean, it was great, right? I mean, great people, uh, great community. Uh, I think at the end of the day for me, though, um, my heart's kind of always been in Virginia and the D.C. metro area. So uh, as I was done with school and uh, had some opportunities to get back to Virginia, I came back down to Charlottesville and then eventually uh, a few years later relocated back up here in northern Virginia. How old were you when you left and moved up to upstate New York? Uh, six, six to 22. So okay. um, 16 years up there. Did you have family back here? Or would you come down here and visit? Or you, I guess you just had fond memories or? Oh, no, no. We've had family and friends down here. So, we, you know, I never really stopped coming back to Virginia every year, you know, tubing the James River and, uh, you know, experiencing the Blue Ridge and Skyline and all the great uh, natural wonders here in the state. Awesome. You said college. Where did you attend? Uh, just outside of Syracuse at a community college on Adaga, um, and my focus was in technologies and uh, mainly computer sciences. So growing up, were you always sort of into comp sci or tech or anything like that, or how were you yeah. as a child? Yeah, so uh, the younger me, um, kind of life story, uh, my mother was a fine artist, uh, my father was a computer scientist, so I, I loved art and science. Um, I tended to gravitate towards math, science, um, you know, computers and technology growing up through school. Um, but then I actually pivoted um, and finding kind of the beauty of all of those things culminating in, gen in general contracting and construction. Uh, so when I came back down to Virginia, I started working for a local contractor. Uh, and then I was able to kind of, I really enjoyed kind of the art and science behind uh, engineering and architecture. And um, and so that that was, you know, primarily my professional career. Uh, for you know about eighteen years, and and then you know again that part of, part of those experiences, which I'm sure we'll get into, uh, was the genesis for where I am today. Awesome. So you, I guess you sort of not grew up, but from the very beginnings, you were in the construction real estate industry. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Out of college, I got into real estate construction, and um, uh, and and those were my first two ventures were in that space. How was it? Uh, the construction industry. It's tough. <laughs> um, you know, it's uh, it's one of those things where uh, every probably every three to five years, I could really tell that I was getting um, 
better improving professionally, uh, having a much stronger work product. Um, but you know, overall, I mean, I was I was kind of heads down in that industry for about 15 years, uh, and it was uh, it, it was tough. Um, but at the same time, it was uh, one of the, the greatest experiences that I've ever been able to be a part of. I've reached really cool pinnacles within that space. I've done some really amazing projects, and you know, definitely thankful for my experiences. Uh, you know, through that and working with all the wonderful people that I've met along the way. What were you? What was your role there? What were you doing in the construction industry? Yeah. So, I mean, I started off pushing a broom, um, you know, lear learning how to build Yeah. in the early 2000s. And then uh, come about 2006, started my first company, uh, had small projects, small houses, uh, great recession hits in uh, 08. And so I have to kind of think about how I'm going to reinvent myself. So I can start a second venture. And that's where I was able to start to pivot to um working for like tech founders and uh, corporate executives, C-suite executives. And uh, given my background um, in education, I was really able to, to make meaningful connections. And, uh, and so that's how I kind of got into the ultra high net worth space. Um, and so my second venture was really focused on that area. I loved it. You were able to do amazing projects. I mean, you know, uh, we had larger budgets, uh, so we were able to do higher end things. And uh, I really, really found... Um, you know, a, a joy in being able to work with uh, with those families and being able to, you know, do some real, really cool things that, you know, in some cases have never been built before. So um, so that was really challenging, but rewarding. Um, and so that was, you know, that was how I was able to kind of get through that and really thrive. And that's what led me back up to Northern Virginia. <clears throat> Ultimately was uh, I was down in the Charlottesville, UVA area and uh, it just stopped. It was like one day people were doing stuff and spending money and building and the next day nobody was doing anything. So came back up to the DC metro area where, you know, the government seems to keep things moving. Um, it's still in real estate. And so I was able to stay, stay in this insulated area and be able to, to make it through that. And really coming out the other side was, um, was some pretty amazing experiences. So, uh, working with working in that space, um, you know, took me to a couple of different places to include becoming an owner representative, uh, where I you know, was a fiduciary and I sat next to um, a principal or our client and, and helped them deploy capital into real property, whether it was uh, new construction, renovation, residential, commercial. So um, it was like it was those experiences. It was the um, the work that we were doing um, and, and starting to get to a very, very large scale where. Uh, we were unable to transition some of our projects over to our clients. And so the company became a facilities management firm, um, not by design, but uh, that's how we got kind of sucked into private service, if you will. And so uh, it was around 2014. And when that happened, um, we started to look for technology uh, because it was just spreadsheets and, you know, disparate um, applications and it was impossible it wasn't impossible. We were able to transition the data, but it was in a way in which there was no one was ever going to look at it, right? It was just too much information and, and it wasn't packaged in a way that was, you know, digestible. So we were able to, um, at that point, realize that there was a massive gap. And over the next couple of years, you know, we studied the marketplace, kind of studied that whole ecosystem um, that we'd been a part of uh, for, you know, the better part of five or six years at that point. Uh, and that was that was the genesis for a state space. Wow, that's that's very interesting. With the facility management, I understand you transitioned basically into that from where it started the company. Were you mostly managing commercial or real estate properties at that point? Yeah, so it was all resident, private family residential. Okay, um, we were still building, but what you know, that we then were also managing. So we were, um, you know, kind of uh, we were we were we were, if you will, forced into managing because we were unable to transition back to the estate managers or the or somebody that would be managing the facility because of the complexity. So we're building very large estates at commercial scale for private families and residential. Um, and so that's, that was a big challenge in being able to hand that playbook over and all the knowledge base. So um, it was, you know, it's at that point in time that we, you know, thought, you know, there's gotta be a better way to do this. Mm -hmm. um, and so, you know, the, the when you started to look at our space, you know, we uh, we really took a, a, a different approach into it um, because we understand the problem, right? We lived the service problem. So we knew that it was interconnected. It wasn't just 
uh, our team to the client, but it was, you know, estate managers, staff, housekeeping, um, advisory services, financial services, wealth management. There's all these pieces and people within this ecosystem that really needed to be uh, connected in a, in a better way. And so uh, our challenges were, you know, lack of communication or uh, communicating over multiple mediums, um, not being able to have, you know, real good transparency of information because of privacy issues. And uh, and and then the, the big one was that there was, a, there was just no standard. And so um, our families, my, my father's company, uh, they did a lot of work with the DOD and VA um, around healthcare IT. So uh, around that time when the Great Recession is happening, and I'm up in Northern Virginia now, um, his company's scaling and growing right here in the Tyson's Corner area. And so it was, uh, I had a front row seat uh, to watching how they were dealing with huge, huge unstructured sets of data and how they were able to um, build systems um, and, and put technology in, together in a way that would help better manage it. So it was um, it was almost like, you know, you, you look back on the, on the journey and it was like I was kind of in the right place at the right time when you start to look back along the way. And State Space has been a fantastic venture for, for me personally because it's very fulfilling. I get to help people at scale, um, which is what I love to do. And uh, it was it's kind of a culmination of being able to kind of roll up everything that I've ever really cared for personally, professionally, educationally, you know, being able to, to bring all that to market in a way that uh, helps people has been, you know, um, you know, the been the best part so far for me in the last few years here. That's great. Jonathan, you mentioned when you moved up here, you were with this firm as a principal, correct? Yes. And yep. you were you were building these higher end homes. Was this more locally or throughout the country? No, just in the DMV area. So okay. um, Maryland, Northern Virginia, Central Virginia. So you started thinking about there was a need that there was, I guess, no, there was no platform or software that the industry was using at that time. Yeah, so that led, I, about 2014 is when I started research, um, started researching technology at first, and then I started to really start researching people and, and studying that, 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 that entire ecosystem of how does all of this work? And we're working with families, family offices, um, you know, we're working with, you know, vendors all around the world. So um, we, we, you know, we had uh, a, a, a huge amount of experience at that point in time when it came to understanding the problem. And so then we wanted to understand the people and we wanted to understand their problems so that we could ultimately come back with um, our goal was providing a, a platform that was, you know, software as a service, it was easy, easy to use, um, and that it worked for anybody, right? So I could it would work if a family bought it. It would work if a business that was serving a family bought it. Um, ultimately, uh, the, the for us, the me personally, the best part was um, I'm solving my own my own business problems, right? Mm -hmm. um, you know, today I'm still am using too much tech. So really, um, that you know, creating a single cloud ERP that I can do anything from you know, time management to staff resourcing and, and being able to understand, you know, project management, property management, um, and corporate corporate management and governance and, and doing all that in one place. You know, when you start to look at technology in, in, in the world, right, especially as it might relate to, um, you know, the things we're dealing with on the non-financial asset side of the coin, um, there's good technology out there, um, but they only usually do one to two things. And so that's the problem is that, uh, you know, we, we understood again, when we talk about that interconnected problem, uh, we knew that we had to have an interconnected solution. That, and that's exactly what a state space is. So you start thinking of this in your mind and then where do you go? Do you like, I need to get engineers, um, coding. What happens next once you start researching and thinking about the, the business? Yeah. So um, it's, it was a huge problem um, and to solve for. So uh, in the beginning, um, somewhat overwhelmed. Uh, I, I would also say that, you know, I was successful in construction. I uh, thought that might just easily translate into technology. Um, uh, truth be told, it, it took a, a couple of years to kind of separate from construction. Um, but then it, it ended up taking another couple of years to separate from a service mindset. Um, so my, my our number one strength today was my number one weakness back then. Uh, and so, you know, scaling services is different than scaling technology. Um, and and it, it's just there's some fundamental differences There's some shared attributes. But, uh, you know, it's 
uh, it's different. And so, uh, you know, when you start to, when I start to look back, um, you know, in the beginning, uh, it was great, but come 2019, you know, I'm kind of at a crossroads of what are we going to do? Uh, this is pre pandemic. Um, and I'm glad that we were able to kind of do this pre pandemic, but we decided at that point to pivot the company to SAS. I met an amazing um, mentor and advisor in Barry Liebert, who had had a lot of platform experience, uh, you know, one of the leader thought leaders in the space. So it just ended up happening where, you know, I'm in someone's kitchen. I've never met him a week later. He's hired and, you know, three and a half years later and we're, um, you know, we're, we're, we're in a growth phase now. So, um, you know, again, you know, love, love the ride. And, and as far as the, you know, the, the challenges go, um, you know, I think I've I've probably endured all of them as a founder. You know, we started bootstrapped. Um, we have this really great business model, though, if you will, when it comes to kind of a virtuous cycle from having clients that then became investors. They're giving us their information. We're improving their economics. We're, you know, they're they're investing more. And so we, we're just kind of going round and round. And we found this really um, nice place, if you will, from a niche perspective. But the way that we've always planned on building out the platform, you know, we're SaaS with a marketplace. So we can't do all the services anymore, but we have partners that do those things in which our clients need. Um, so we, we've really thought about, you know, when you start to look at what a state space is at a macro level, we're, we're FinTech, we're PropTech and we're LifeTech because the family office space has evolved to lifestyle fulfillment. And so whether we're working with a construction management firm or a single family office or a multifamily office or wealth management firm where we're a scalable back office for them when it comes to the management of fulfillment for their clients you, you'll you'll start to, you're starting to see a trend around the world where uh, these companies uh, especially kind of the, the mid-level uh, market uh, they're, they're they're adding a lifestyle component right they want to be able to serve but you know, what ends up happening is that you've got this great company, you know, they're helping with the wealth management side of things, they're helping with taxes, things that are kind of relate to that. Um, but there's then a tier one group that's that's just fielding calls and requests on the fulfillment side. And so we we help scale that for for them without having to add more people. And and I think, you know, when it comes to what we've built, uh, and what's most exciting is that we really just have to change our messaging uh, to be able to go after a different vertical within our space. How do you go about finding the right partner, especially as you scale? So uh, being in service, I, I've had the right partners for many, many years now. So I've worked with them in a different capacity. Okay. And so, it was, um, you know, after uh, about 12 years in the space, I've got all these amazing people. And the hardest thing that our clients end up being faced with is finding the right people and getting good advice. And so... Um, our marketplace right now is purely service providers across uh, 12 different categories from advisory to finance, insurance, uh, travel, um, staffing, uh, so that our clients can get good advice and get the, get the right people in the right time and know that they're not losing time and due diligence because we've done all that for them. You were just mentioning earlier, John, Jonathan, how it's very different scaling a service business compared to a SaaS or tech. How so? Well, um, so scaling services uh, typically means that you're scaling people. Um, so, you know, that that playbook I, I was very familiar with. But when it comes to making, you know, trying to scale um, uh, technology, uh, it's just a, it's a different mindset. Uh, it's a different approach. And so um, it's actually the opposite, the inverse, if you will. How can you scale faster with less? And so um, that was kind of the the, the paradigm shift that I went through, um, ultimately getting to that place was tough um, because at, at the end of the day, my goal is always to get to the most simplest thing possible, right? And to get this simple is hard. And uh, and it, it's been um, a, a wonderful learning experience. But now that I'm kind of through that, everything that I, once once it kind of clicks, um, you know, from, from, for at least for me, uh, it's now now kind of everything I'm looking through that lens of scale and growth. And um, it's uh, it's it's everything's really started to slow down for us in, in a good way. And we're just at that point now, like I said, uh, uh, every release that we have, we start to we, we continue to grow faster. So um, that for us is exciting. Uh, we've got a ton of traction in the space. And, and that's that's been you know very rewarding because I think uh, when as, as a founder, 
you know, you go back to kind of one of your previous questions, which was great. Like, you know, what are some of the challenges in the beginning? Well, it's like, I've got this huge vision and it's just me. Uh, and so, you know, over the last six years, it's went from, you know, my vision to our vision. And now we have clients that are providing, you know, they're, they're, they're our best idea team, right? So we've got, you know, all this input now that we're able to, you know, take in, think about and come back with really thoughtful responses from a, a, a uh, either a product perspective or a services perspective. So, um, you know, coming full circle, we're now releasing a state-based services in Q2 of this year, where we'll be helping with, you know, managed onboarding, um, continuous support, uh, in, in inventory services to help them get their framework set up, uh, and technology services such as home control systems or network integrations, because we're technology that needs strong internet to perform at best. So, you know, we're, we're doing some services now, which is exciting, but, you know, I think the real, the real strength for us is that we know that our technology is useless without people using it. And so we've got um, almost 20 service providers that we've partnered with uh, that are able to provide really pointed solutions for our clients from, you know, how are we going to plan an, an, an operation and make it more efficient using a state space, right? How are we going to, um, you know, best ensure all of these non-financial assets are getting, making sure that we have the right documentation and appraisals. So we really curated a pretty special group of providers. And, um, you know, again, the, the easy part for me is that I've known most of them for about 10 years. So um, we're all in the same space. Uh, they all have, we all have past performance together and, you know, just really great people doing really great things. These 20 providers you just mentioned. So basically someone logs into a state space and they're all in there. It's just one platform and make it simple and easy, or how does it work? Yeah, no, simple and easy. So um you can you you log you you can just you know log into your mobile application. We have a marketplace of providers. Um we're an inclusive mindset. So we built a platform where anybody could be involved, right? I've done it all from sweeping to being a three-time founder and CEO. So um, you know, making sure there's a place for everybody. And then from a marketplace perspective, <clears throat> we're a non-compete. Um, there's no reason to compete in this space. There's too many people to be served and not enough people to serve them. So we have multiple, um, you know, partners in the same category. Uh, at the end of the day, it comes down to, um, you know, there's not, our clients don't need to be solicited to, uh, every one of our partners has a profile. Um, someone just pushes a little green button that says request service and somebody will call you and support whatever it was that you were looking for and a very high success rate with our um, with our partners, uh, over 80% close win um, because it's just a high trust, um, you know, very easy relationship to kick off. We don't get involved in it. We're just connecting our clients with our partners so that they can transact and they can work together. Um, because we just want to best support our clients, and and that's that's that might that that knowing how to um, approach both sides has been one of our our strengths as well. And um, the marketplace has done great; it's done over a million dollars in revenue so far uh, for our partners, and it's continuing to grow as we grow. And, and it's just um, you know it, it ends up being really really uh, helpful, and uh, you know having it all in the palm of your hand and. You know, our clients want to be able to get the help when they want it, from who they want it, how they want it, right? And so we let them do that just by simply reading and 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 selecting who they'd like to work with. I love it. I mean, it's 24-7 because someone can have a home here, but then they want to go to the south of France to their villa, for example, and then different time zone and you need to be on all time with the software, of course. Yeah, no, and, and I think like travel is a great category, right? We have a partner uh, in black tie travel that helps curate experiences that are second to none. Uh, but we also partner with another technology company in Haven. And so Haven's fantastic. They're kind of the standardized um, ultra high net worth Airbnb um, that you may have never heard about, but they've got um, amazing properties in, around the, around the, the world. So maybe somebody doesn't want to go to their villa, but they want to go somewhere else. So um, being able to to become a Haven member um, and an estate space member at the same time gives them, you know, a lot of power and being able to, uh, you know, plan that next amazing experience uh, with their family. I love how it, it's almost a very sticky product and service, Jonathan. What would you say? How is the retention rate? Yeah, so um, retention is great as far as our paid clients go. Um, we do a, we offer a fourteen day free trial. 
um, we are um, we we've started rolling out services because what we what we found was that uh, only about thirty percent of our clients are power users, and so we've crossed we've crossed over a hundred clients and almost a thousand members, and um, and so what that was telling us is that some of our other clients needed help. And so that became, okay, great. We're going to offer concierge white glove services. It's going to be a subscription base. So, you know, our approach is that we want to get you up and running quickly in the first month. And then month after month, uh, you know, you're just, you have a, a number of hours and we can help bring your art collection online and we can help, you know, get the maintenance plate in, in place for that. In the beginning, we usually address their primary property and like their whole house systems. That's where we're going to see the biggest value add um, in the beginning. And then after that, it's what's most important to our client and, and kind of following their lead. But us being able to do all of that work to include going and inventorying everything, um, you know, capturing attributes and documentation uh, all depends on what our clients are looking for. Um, and so what ends up and what's great about this is it's all real time auto. So that means that, you know, as we do a house, it just kind of they log in and now they've got a new property online and now they've got a new collection um, of assets online and cared for. And, uh, and, and what ends up happening is, um, you know, it's not necessarily our, our the, like the principal or the um, the, the main individual um, that may be using this every day. It's their team uh, that's using this every day. And so. You know, I'd say, you know, our, you know, having a calendar, we've built in communications and, um, you know, and you know, text messages, channels, and, and we've um, we've done it in a way that um, is, you know, what we consider to be highly productive, um, keeping everything in context, keeping everything in one secure platform. Right. We, we don't really need to dive too much into security other than we've achieved, you know, every regulatory compliance that we could to include HIPAA and uh, and, and others um, at a global scale because our clients um, are not just U.S. based, right? They're all over the world. And even if they might be U.S. based, they have international interests. So um, we really wanted to make sure that we were ready to be able to start to work with banks and law firms and insurance firms. And um, we're actually currently doing that now and bringing um, you know, new clients online at, at scale, which has been for us really exciting. You were just mentioning now how he's basically the team who uses the platform daily. Who would you say is is that point person who ends up, who do you need to speak to to make sure a state space is in their hand and they're using it? Obviously, I don't know if it is it that final end client who owns that estate or is it someone part of their team? Yeah, so it's it starts with their team. Um, our all the data that we have, you know, that principal um family member, right? The person that might ultimately be paying for all of this. Um, they're doing a lot of delegation through messaging, um, which is leading us to really cool innovation, like being able to convert a text message into a, a to-do, right? Into an action item, into a task for somebody. Um, and But no, the, the, when it comes to like private families, uh, family offices, it's typically going to be the, 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 the executives within the family office, uh, director of residences, um, that are going to be leading the way. And then you've got, you know, staff, local staff on, on properties. Uh, you've got, um, you know, the, the, you know the, the, the boots on the ground people are the ones that are really getting all the work done. And then that kind of director levels of, and, and, and also working with us is kind of setting that framework up and getting the maintenance in place. Um, and when it comes to uh, some of the stuff that we're excited to roll out here uh, in the next, um, in the next month, is um is is pro our project management suite and so what that's going to allow us to do is really start to focus on b2b um a lot of the clients that we've started we've got companies that are all over the all over the world now uh, that are running on our on our tap which is really great they're mainly estate or property management um companies or sole proprietors or small businesses um and they are um uh they and so supporting them has been um, has been re really great because they are, you know, similar to where I was, right? Where they're a, a small business, they're doing facilities and property management. They're, um, you know, they need they need our support like anybody else would, and uh, and then they're now, you know, bringing their, you know, we we've got I think next month we've already got two two clients that we're onboarding that are small businesses that have you know anywhere from like fifteen to twenty people, uh, and then you know the way that we built this was that. Now they can now they can invite their clients into their estate space, and what they've done is they've just started to eliminate all of the administrative work because 
we are creating a perspective for their clients, for their vendors, for their employees, and the system's doing all of that for them. So now they've got this centralized place uh, as they're working with their clients to include end-to-end -end financials and being able to start to simplify their businesses and start to gain efficiencies. So um, you know, we're going we're gonna to see, I think, a, a pretty big uptick in B2B. And I really like that space for us um, because even if we're selling to them, we're still supporting that end client. Yeah. Um, so it ends up, you know, again, there's kind of this virtuous cycle when it comes to our product where it doesn't really matter wh where it originates from. Even if the client buys it, they're bringing on the team that helps manage all of their properties. So it, it ends up, you know, again, that kind of that bi-directional, like, you know, friction-free uh, platform. These facility management companies or property management companies, where are they typically finding you? Is it, I don't know, online advertising or conferences? Yeah, so it's 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 primarily going to be online. Um, we don't spend a whole lot on advertisement. Um, our space, um, again, I'm kind of a I'm a big believer in two inches wide and two miles deep. So um, I've I've drilled that hole, um, and everybody knows, you know, kind of who we are in our space. So as we continue, as our product continues to mature, um, we end up finding that you know, again, with each release, we become um, attractive to a new segment within within our space um still with the same focus but uh but just you know the the ability to start to offer this to um a, a new segment each with, with each each uh release uh which is every about two and a half months three months so it ends up um it ends up working out really well for us as far as you know when we are when we're talking to people um people are either they either know who we are somebody uh, is using us and they know them or we know them and they're um, they're waiting for the right kind of you know point in time in which to get started so you know like i said next month we'll have a lot of um you know our small business property management facility management companies um being able to to start to really come online um but the cool thing is, is that we're not built you know i i'm a big believer in building technology in a way that's kind of agnostic to industry so uh, we've got interior design firms coming on, inventory firms coming on, advisory service businesses. So uh, we really uh, look at, you know, I've always been a big believer that a business is a business. And so, you know, with the state space, we've got some pretty um, pretty lofty goals here. Um, and, and our aim is to ultimately solve some pretty amazing life problems. But um, along the way, we wanted to build something that was going to be um, helpful for everybody in that ecosystem, no matter what their business was, no matter what their family did, et cetera. You mentioned they're finally mostly online. Are they sort of Googling certain keywords or terms like a state manager or something or? Yeah, I mean, we, we do targeted advertisement on LinkedIn. That's probably the majority of what we're coming, what we're finding. About 80% yeah. of our clients though are all inbound. So um, we That's only lovely. speak. Yeah, we only speak to a small, small segment. Um, but, you know, as far as the people that we do speak to, a very high close win rate once we've demoed somebody. Um, and then as far as our keywords go, I mean, we've um, we've done a good job over the last uh, probably three years, four years now of ranking at the top of those, key, you know, the keywords and those those kind of long tail phrases that we wanted to be found for. So, um you know, that, that I think that, that leads a lot of people to us as we've, you know, I think we're ranking on page one of like eight of the 10 things that we want to be found on and we're not too far away from the other ones. So, yeah, I mean, you know, it's going to be, it's going to be online searching and then it's going to be, you know, targeted advertisements um, for the right personas within LinkedIn. What would you say the people who own these estates, what are some pain points that you've noticed they have now? Oh, <laughs> Um, well, I mean, I think their their pain is an interconnected pain. So uh, they may be, um, you know, they may have a property that they financed and now, you know, the bank has requirements and, um, you know, just in a conversation uh, Tuesday morning in New York and, you know, they're uh, they're helping their clients um, attain, you know, new uh, new assets. And then they have requirements to include operations and care and financial documentations around the 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 trans you know the, the the lending transaction and so um you know we do all of those things um i think when it comes down to it it's still the same it's the same problems it's communication it's a lack of transparency due to privacy and it is 
um, with those two things, what that ends up equaling is an impossibility uh, on many levels to be able to set and meet expectation. Um, and if you think about it in a simple way, right, where, because um, we have not all of our clients are of, you know, the adult try net worth, you know, we have some, some individuals that just have five properties and they're using us as an individual to manage their, you know, their Airbnbs um, and their Verbo. So um, what, what ends up, what ends up happening um, for our, our clients is that they end up finding that, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's best that they, when they start to look at a state space, you know, they're, they're really looking at, you know, how can I help improve um, whatever operation that I'm dealing with, whether I have staff or I don't, um, you know, there's really, um, there's a number of different entry points that we're finding uh, success in. I'm sure the biggest thing is that people are using the platform is the regaining of their time, right? Yeah, I know, for sure. I mean, I think, you know, um, there, that's the one, that's, that's a value proposition that everyone dreams to have, right? We're giving you back your time. Um, you know, I think it's, 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 Knowing that um, the information that you're sharing with certain people is exactly what you want them to see. So you're getting that peace of mind that your data is secured um, and the stuff that you want people to not see, they're not seeing. Uh, centralizing all of their communication and then just providing services within the platform to be able to start to drive efficiency across the operation and gain visibility. I mean, one of the things that we set out to do was to give ownership back to owners. Um, you know, especially when they have complex assets and we, you know, I haven't really talked about some of the personal things that, that we've really wanted to solve for, but, you know, we've sat next to families that have had sibling divorce over assets. I think that's something that most families have to deal with um, as, as a country, as, uh, as a whole, uh, we do a very poor job of asset succession uh, to the next generation. And, you know, and then now you've got these complex estates and, uh, you think that it's like, oh, well, they have everything in the world, but then they lose their mother or their father. And instead of being able to just go through a normal grieving period, um, they're forced to be sucked into a state pro a state management, a state management in a, in a state planning and dealing with trying to settle um, very complex problems. Um, and they're not experts in it. So, you know, our, our vision, you know, state space was to be that you know, dynamic asset succession for all these non-financial assets. These are the things that people care about, right? This is their legacy, right? What do they want to leave behind? Um, and then their things, right? Those, those things are the things that have the stories and the meaning behind them. You know, m money is um, more or less impersonal, right? It's, it's not, it's not like they have an intimate relationship with, uh, with cash. It's, uh, it's all those things. And that's where, that's where we really want to help you know, curb that and stop sibling divorce and be able to understand, look, you know, we have an estate plan, uh, we have, uh, you know, final home and testament, this is the, these are the things that they want to have happen. And we want to be that platform that can help, um, you know, make sure that those things go off in the way that they were supposed to. Again, with financial assets, it's easy, Otto, right? When, when, when something happens, you know, two people sign a piece of paper, money gets distributed, but you know, how do you cut a house in half, right? How do you split an heirloom? Um, and so to be able to to write that on paper, uh, it's still disputed. And there's a, a major loss industry when it comes to trying to handle these things, right? To the tune of billions of dollars of legal expenses. And now you've got a family that's worked for a generation to build up wealth and the next generation loses it fighting over it. And it just, you know, it doesn't make any sense. Um, you know, I'm I'm not solving this just for the for other people, but I, I don't want this to happen to me personally. Um, so you know, I, I'm 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 personally and professionally invested into this mission, and um, you know, I think that's what kind of makes us us is that everybody in our company understands uh, where why are we all, why we're ultimately doing this, and I think you know, making sure that that our why is kind of what we live and breathe, and it's you know part of the core values of our company that's you know, really continued to be a real differentiator for us. Jonathan, you mentioned earlier how when you started a state space three and a half years ago, just like many entrepreneurs, it was just you and this grand vision. How has it evolved since then? Uh, so it's, uh, well, when we started, right, the, the first thing I wanted to be able to say was that we were the first uh, mobile application to manage non-financial assets. Um, so we did that. 
but then we realized that was short-sighted, right? There's this whole other operational piece. And, and, and we kind of knew that, but uh, we didn't get the traction that we I was expecting us to be able to get with that first part. Um, so that led us into property management and ultimately back to project management because our clients and pretty much everybody, right, that owns a home, they're doing projects around their house, whether it's at small scale, large scale, right, renovation, complete remodel. Um, it, it's uh, things are always happening. And and so, um, you know, we were able to get to a point uh, probably I want to say so our commercial product release was April 30th of last year. Uh, when we hit our December release, that's when our that's when I really consider us to really have started our growth phase in this company because now we had enough where we were getting enough um, client feedback to be able to to then now what we're doing is we went through a complete life cycle of taking uh, feedback from clients, applying it, and 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 refactoring pieces and parts of our, our of our platform. And now what's been great is. Um, seeing how other people would will, are using it. So some people are using it exactly the way that we designed it. Uh, others are using it in a different way or having suggestions to make it better. And so it's like um, one of the things I, I love about technology, it's a, it's a never ending evolution, but it does get to the point where it's like, we've just like, we're now building things that are like kind of off the shelf, out of the box, like they're right, like they're amazing. So we have a lot less um, tech churn in our business model today than we did even a year ago, um, because we have just, uh, you know, such great clients and our clients are, are across all these different personas, right? We have a half a dozen personas uh, within our within our client base. So um, I, I just love everyone's unique perspective. I think, you know, when it comes to the things that uh, we really focus on is, you know, we, we want to slow down. We we, li- we want to listen and make sure that we understand um, what it is that we're being asked for so that we can come back with a really thoughtful, productive answer for our clients. And, um, you know, I, I would, <laughs> I've still got ideas, Otto, but uh, I can tell you that um, they're, they're never going to be, we're never going to build my idea, right? We're going to build our idea today. So that's, that's the thing I, I've really loved, you know, is that, that that transition that we're now, you know, we're, it's not it's not this huge group of us and and we and and you know they're um, they're always smarter than me. Yeah, I love also how you're always listening to your clients and always evolving. That I mean, you need to have that is a must. Yeah, yeah, for sure. What would you say drives and motivates you? Uh, I mean, helping people, right? That's my 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 core. Um, you know, that's my why, personally and professionally, is to help people. Um, whether it's myself, my family, you know, our clients, our our team. Um, I mean, that's that's my motivation, right? And uh, you know, I want I want to I want to help as many people as possible. I think one of the things that we I'd be remiss in talking about would be, uh, you know, wh- why did I leave a successful construction industry and, and a, con- a successful business? Because um, it was it it was like uh, I would I would complete a project, you give somebody the keys, and the relationship kind of ended a little bit. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm relationship capital to me is the number one currency in the world. Uh, and, and I wanted to be able to help more people at scale. And I, I just couldn't do that through construction. And so, um, you know, it's been very self-fulfilling uh, to be able to, to help more and more people. And, uh, you know, my, my goal is to know every one of our clients. Now, I, I know that that's probably not possible, um, but uh, it's definitely something that, uh, you know, I, I try, we, we try to do, um, I think, you know, again, we want to talk about the things that make us special and, you know, you start to look at technology out there, they, you know, especially for like ERP cloud systems, you know, you've got to go through a demo, you've got to go through like an interview process, right? Um, we don't want that for our clients. We always want to be SaaS. We always want to be easy to find, easy to buy. Uh, and then we want to build relationships. So we don't want to hide behind the fact that we're technology and you can't get a hold of a person, you know, we've got a 24-7 call line and uh, somebody will get back to you typically within, you know, 12 to 24 hours because we want to hear from you. We want to help. And, um, you know, you can't compete on product. Um, in technology, yeah, maybe, but somebody can always build something similar. Um, what, what I've always found over the last 20 plus years is that you can you can always win on service, right? I can outserve you. Um, I can out I can outperform you from a services perspective, and I can do 
better uh, there. And that's where that's where I think we've, we, we've really won. I think some of our best testimonials are coming from people now uh, that have experienced our services. Um, and we just were like, okay, great. Well, you know, we've like, you know, with, with tech, we have a great problem, right? We had a churn problem uh, that we're now solving right now as we speak. And, you know, I'm like, look, uh, if, if people need help getting started, we're just going to offer free onboarding, right? Let's see if that helps. Um, and that helped tremendously, right? That, that curb, that churn rate by almost 80%. But we still have some churn, right? We don't want any. Um, sure. How can we make it so that we get to like our goal zero? So um, you know, we're going to offer more services, but they're going to be thoughtful services that are, um, you know, what our clients are asking for. So we didn't we didn't come up with well, we think we're going to offer these three things. All our clients said, if I if you could do these three things, this would really help me. So we we surveyed our client base, and that's you know they told us what we should be doing. So that's what we're doing now. I love that. And, and, and I love the model too. the whole SaaS and the recurring monthly revenue. That monthly drip is just the best. Um, similar to you, I'm in commercial real estate. And just like you were in construction, you sort of the deal is done and then you move on. And then sometimes my clients may need me till maybe a couple of years down the road if that. But just that recurring revenue, it's, it's the holy grail. Yeah. And I mean, you know, our, our, our product deals with real estate. So I'm able to still like maintain all those relationships just in a different way now right um yeah. and being able to do that at scale so i think that's been um you know as, as you know like you know I, I see a state space being something that should be with every home right i mean it's you know what what if you had all of this care on your property and we, you move from a, you know, a reactive mindset you know we, we have we have thoughts on how we, we know how we want to go like m mainstream in a couple of years but you know everyone's reactive, right? You don't inspect your roof for $200 a year. You call your insurance company when you have, when your master ceiling is falling through because of a, of a leak. So it's like, you know, these are the types of strategies that you can, in, 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 you can employ in, in your home, uh, even as a single homeowner, right? And we started less than a cup of coffee a day. I mean, we're 34 bucks a month to get started. So it's, um, it's, 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 and we provide you with these, 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 man, uh, complete man, digital manual. So, you know, it's like, you know, if you, you, you think about it, it's like, you could spend a few thousand dollars a year on regular maintenance and check and just service checking checkups on your house and kind of the main components you save on your insurance. So it's like, these are strategies that we help all of our clients with that we've been helping them with for a long time. Um, but this is not, you know, this applies to anybody and everybody. Um, and, and that's why we are, you know, starting to partner with real estate firms where they sell a house and they sell it with a state space. Um, and then we're able to help that client get that property into a state space. And then it'll be nice when they go to sell that. What if they could transfer all of that history and that asset to the next family? And so now you can see the problem that we were dealing with almost 10 years ago. Um, now we're solving for that, you know, what will be about 10 years to the date and a couple of years later where um, you're able to transfer these assets um, and these properties from from one homeowner to the next. And now they have all the documentation. I mean, how many times have you sold a commercial building or you've sold a residential property? And it's like, where's all my documentation, right? Homeowners have these things in a desk, uh, in, a, in a credenza. Uh, as I look in my office right now, I've still got plans that aren't digitized. Um, but it'd be nice to have all those things in one place where you can just pass that off, right? What a huge value add um, at a very low cost. I mean, I think that's 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 where we want to kind of help families get to over the course of the next, you know, two to five years. That's such a fantastic idea, Jonathan. I love it. It just reminds me when when you purchase a home, sometimes what some realtors do is they provide you some type of uh, ins appliance insurance, I believe. Something happens to the stove or microwave or whatever it is. And this there's like, this is part of it as a gift. But this is this is a much better gift. You, you you know the history, and then going forward, it's even better. Yeah, and all, uh, anything that you put into a state space has a care log. So any task that was completed, um, anything that was done to that, all the manuals and documentation, it's it's not really hard to help assets appreciate faster or to help um, uh, help reduce the depreciation um, rate. It's 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 really not that hard. It's making sure that you have all the right documentation in place to include images, making sure that you have a complete catalog of every one of your assets. What was done? Who did it? When did it happen? 
um, and then having the right um, appraisal information. Um, and so, you know, it's like, okay, well, who do I get an appraisal from? Go to our marketplace, click a little green button, and somebody's going to be able to, in most cases, help you remotely. I think we're down to like jewelry and fine wardrobe that we actually would maybe have to inspect in person. Otherwise, it can all be done remotely. And so, you know, now you're not like, you don't have to have somebody come to your home. If you have all this information, you can simply share it. Uh, and when you do that, they can provide you with something that's remote. And so now you've taken appraisals that might cost hundreds of dollars and you've gotten it down to 75 bucks. Um, and now you've got what you need. And then that appraisal uh, might only live based on the asset class for, say, three years. So every three years you get a, you get a new appraisal. And these are things that are, you know, all of these things are federally accepted. And so um, we've worked with clients that have done some pretty amazing things. Again, I can't take credit for a lot of this stuff. I've, I've learned it along the way from some really smart people. but. You know, they use their non-financial assets as marketable securities uh, to generate more fi liquid financial wealth and so and increase their net worth and then buy back the asset. Um, and when you think about it, like it's crazy, right? We're all getting what you're in a world of lending. Um, I've got, you know, furniture, I've got jewelry, I've got all these things. None of them count. They all get zeroed out. And they get zeroed out in most cases because they don't have the right documentation to become something that's marketable, right? And so they're just devalued to zero. I mean, these are even your cars. I mean, you know, you can have an expensive car, but it's not a collectible. So it's just valued at nothing. Um, and so it's 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 kind of helping people start to understand some of these strategies that we've seen at the ultra high net worth level and, and bringing those downstream to, you know, myself, you know, a, a single single homeowner with a family of five and, and being able to, to really um, give your wealth manager or your financial advisor that third leg of the portfolio. Right now you're dealing with marketable securities in the financial space. You're dealing with alternative investments um, and potentially real estate, but you're not, all these other non-financial assets, which are a very, very large sum of, um, uh, of uh, you know, financial worth around the world, um, being able to use those in a way that that helps them generate more wealth. Like that that would be amazing, right? And and so that's that's where, I think the other the other thing that I would I would um, want to make mention is that we understand where we belong, right? We 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 know that we are not a wealth management platform when it comes to financial assets, but we know that those those platforms, like the you know the the, the whether they're accounting or they're financial management platforms, they need our data. So you know we know where we start and stop, and we have really methodical breakpoints where we plan to integrate and push that information out. We don't need to receive anything, right? We're this closed private platform that does those 25 things that I'm using 25 different pieces of tech for all in one space. Um, and then we know how to give the right information to the other systems that are out there. So um, pretty big plans here in the next 12 to 18 months to be able to start to realize some of that vision. Um, but again, you know, how do we know what to do? Uh, we're listening to what people are asking us for. And then, um, well, people buy for us because we have technology that helps improve their life. Um, the, the other main piece is that we are on a path in which they want us to be on, right? We're on, a, on the same path forward for our, that our clients need from us. So um, again, you know, kind of being acutely aware and, and really listening um, is going to serve us well for a long time to come, Otto. Jonathan, with your wealth of knowledge in entrepreneurship and business and having founded three different companies, if someone were to come to you for advice and let's say they wanted to start their own business, whether service related or product, what are some suggestions you would impart on that person? Yeah, so great, great question, right? Um, one, one of my favorites and uh, a st steadfast, solid answer, right, is never going to change. Um, first thing that I recommend to every entrepreneur is to go find an advisor in their space that has successfully done whatever they're trying to do. Um, do not seek free advice. Um, for, forge a relationship with somebody that has the knowledge base to help you avoid, um, you know, the pitfalls and costly mistakes in the beginning of starting a, a business and pay them for their service. Um, you'll find that paying, paying advisory services are for, far more fruitful than somebody that might be doing it as a hobby. Um, the second thing is to make sure that you surround yourself with like founders. Um, so, uh, you know, we talk about books and what's my favorite book and what do I read? I learn more 
from other SaaS founders than I could ever, or than I would ever be able to read about and learn about. Um, and, and just um, amazing minds, right? So make sure that you surround yourself with like founders, no matter what industry you're in. Go, go, go seek a group, um, both locally and nationally, um, because they are they all exist now today, which is great. Um, so wherever, whatever vertical, whatever um, industry you're in, go go find that person. Um, and I think that the the third thing that I always recommend is making sure that you're inclusive. Um, and I, I'm I'm a I'm a huge fan of this. I mean, we've got you know 14 people, 14 different nationalities, all different ages. You know, it, it's that that's that that's the beautiful thing, right? It's just um, I think you know I, I think back to when I was young, um, and you know, being excluded is not a good feeling, Otto. Um, so you know, if you can have that inclusive mindset, uh, it, what you'll find is that it softens you. Um, it it, it it makes it, it it brings attributes with it um, that serve the business well, that serve your culture well, that will ultimately serve your end clients well, um, and it really starts to foster. You know, these one, this one, two, three really starts to foster that core nucleus of what can really be the makings of a fantastic business. Jonathan, I love the fourteen people, all with fourteen different nationalities. Are they remote? Yeah, they are. Yeah, we're all we're U.S. based. Um, we took a uh, uh, maybe a, a non-traditional tech approach. So uh, everything that we've done has been built here in the United States. Um, all of our employees are um, are based in the U.S. Um, we have helped some people obtain visas and start a family here, which has been amazing. But yeah, that was just by chance. We were like doing like a, a census uh, for an open enrollment, and I started looking. I'm like. We don't have any like no one's the same. Uh, everybody's different, you know, men, women. It's uh, it's just, um, you know, all different ages and ethnicities. And uh, it's just uh, and I was like, you know, that that's 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 pretty great. Um, and, and and, you know, just reflecting like in Black History Month last month. And it's just like, you know, it's it's you know, it's a time to self-reflect. And uh, and for us, when I was able to do that, it was like, you know, this is what makes us us, right? It's just having all these different people. And, um, you know, we're, we're a flat organization. Like, truly, everybody has um, a say across any different area. You know, I I talked to the whole team about, you know, you know, capital and corporate and governance and making sure that they kind of understand our business at, at a higher level. Um, and then, you know, being able to solve problems together, um, you know, that, that's 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 really great. I think, you know, you... you uh, for so long in the beginning, when you're starting a business, it might just be you with a lot of different hats. And um, I think one of my, my my greatest strengths and my greatest successes in my life has been when I asked for help, um, knowing that I am not the smartest at everything and surrounding myself with people that, uh, you know, uh, can 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 provide me strength where I may be weak um, and being able to accept that. And again, back to an inclusive mindset. Uh, if you have that, this is easy, right? Uh, it's it's very easy to ask for help and it's very easy to accept it from whomever might be the right person to give it to you. You know, I find there's different groups, different camps of people who are okay with having a 100% remote team. There's people who want know everyone in their seats. I want to see you in the office or yeah. there's people that would do hybrid that are both. How do you go about managing and operating a basically 100% remote team and creating that culture and everything else. Yeah, so we have core hours where we're all online. So uh, because we're both, we're, we're, we're coastal, um, you know, we, we have 12 p.m. to 4 p.m. are our core hours. Um, we meet every day virtually um, at, at 12 p.m. And then um, we try to, we do things, you know, we do a virtual holiday parties, um, you know, as we are moving out of, you know, financing and investment and into positive cash flow, um, we want we'll we'll get back to an annual you know corporate retreat. Uh, it's it's uh, being remote because you have to be is one thing, but if if you can be, uh, you want to be that hybrid. Um, we were born to interact in person with people, uh, and so you know we make people put their video cameras on. We make sure that we have that connection, but it's it's still not the same. Uh, you can never replace that. The, the organic things that happen when you're people just together. And so, um, you know, when it comes to, you know, my recommendation for retreats is, you know, as a founder um, and a leader in the company that your executive team should kind of present uh, to the group. And that if you did a two day retreat, you might do two hours of presentation and the rest of it's just sharing a meal. 
um, doing activities, uh, just being alive together. I mean, just keeping it at kind of those basic human needs and that level. Um, that's where you can continue to forge, um, you know, really strong bonds. And, you know, as we continue to grow, um, we have people that are in Virginia. We've got people that are in LA and California area. And so they get together, right? So employees getting together. And then, um, like I said, like, you know, uh, I was at a conference about a year ago. Uh, we started a, 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 a just a sharing channel where we share, share pictures, right? Um, you know, whether it's uh, my daughter's giving me a daddy makeover or, you know, our kids playing or, you know, a daddy daughter dance or whatever, whatever it might be. Um, just a channel to just share, you know, people moments uh, with with themselves or their family. And, um, and then, you know, uh, we also have a, a channel for working out, right. So that people can share working out. So it's those types of, of touch points when you're a fully remote company that start to break down some of those barriers um, and some of the, the, the challenges that come with being a complete, complete, complete remote operation, I know. I agree. I, I like that. I think once people get to know you on a personal level and you share, if you feel comfortable sharing, of course, some of, you know, home, mm. kids, family, um, they get to see you. It's just another person, someone else. And I, I love that part. Yeah, it's it's great, right? I mean, that's when you, you you start to really get to know people. Yeah, exactly. Coming to an end here soon, Jonathan, are there any specific habits or traits you feel that have helped you, whether for business or just personally? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think, um, you know, personally, um, you know, making like for me, I've, I've start, I I get coaching, um, which can be very therapeutic. Uh, it can be it can be personal. It can be professional. It can go back and forth. Um, but, you know, I'd say that m making sure that I'm always trying to focus on like, you know, taking care of myself and taking care of my family and then going to work. Something I've preached for a long time, but I've really just started practicing in the last year, year or two um, and, and making sure, um, you know, when it comes to, uh, you know, your, 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 this work life balance, like as an entrepreneur, um, it's not always going to be there. Um, so, you know, making sure if you do have a partner in life that you're communicating and partnering in all aspects, I think that's really served me well the last couple of years where, uh, it's not even though I was you know starting the company now it's like you know my wife and I have partnered in that aspect as well and um, you know and so no matter who your partner is making sure that you're communicating about those things because um, for me uh, it's very hard to go to work um, and do a good job when I have personal issues right and and so I can't really focus sometimes I might have to but it's tough so you know, making sure that you keep uh, a good line of communication with those close to you and around you, you'll find that uh, they actually can become your some really great advisors. And that's at least what I've found in my life to include, you know, my my eldest daughter or my wife, my father, you know, it, it's, you know, just, you know, being able to, to again, be inclusive, you know, yeah. listen. You mentioned coaching. Is that business coaching or what type of coaching? So it started as business coaching. Yes. Um, so I've got multiple coaches. Um, on the business side, I've got, but two of my coaches also help with you know, my personal life. Um, and so uh, it's, um, I think it's really great. You know, if you can have one great coach in your entire life, even if for a short period of time, like that's a blessing. Um, I've been blessed a couple of times over and uh, they are long-term relationships, again, paid relationships, but I am getting out of that uh, stuff I could have only hoped for. Right. Um, so, you know, I always would just end in saying that as an entrepreneur, you need to make sure that you take time for yourself, um, that you, uh, that you, 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 you get a coach that can help you. Um, again, per professionally is great, but, you know, personally, um, I think over the last eight months, I've gotten to a position where I'm, I'm ready for the company to grow. Like I, I'm ready for that next step. And, uh, and, and that's more personal than it is professional auto. What would you say is your biggest challenge with your role today at a state space? Um, you know, I think the the challenges really never change, right? It's 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 always trying to make sure that you're maintaining focus. You know, a, a lot of times um, things are you know you have a lot of things coming in. You now we've got all these people that have ideas and they 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 want this or they want that. So really making sure that you stay you stay focused. You know, I I'm a big fan of um, and learn again from others and slowing down to speed up. Um, so really, you know, taking a step back, 
keeping our focus, not just reacting to things. And again, the same thing that we try to solve with our technology, right? Helping our clients be proactive versus reactive. And I think as a founder, um, when you can start to find that pace where things all start to slow down and it's almost like um, you get the right idea at the exact right moment when you needed it in order to do the next thing and everything kind of comes together across, you know, these different, you know, aspects of your business. Um, that That's the nirvana that you're really seeking as an entrepreneur in any, in any industry. So when you're not busy working, what do you like to do for fun in your free time? Uh, so I'm, I've got a, I've got a virtuous personal cycle. So I, you know, I like to golf in the spring through the summer and into the fall. Uh, I like to, um, you know, I like to be outdoors in the fall and the winter. Uh, and I like to, I like to, to, to do some skiing, um, you know, throughout the winter months. And, uh, and I, I look to kind of rinse and repeat every year. So, um, you know, and sprinkling and travel with my family and, um, you know, that's that 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 makes uh, for a pretty, pretty good year, year over year. Nice. What are you most excited about? What does the future look like for you in a state space? Um, yeah, so I mean, I, I'm most I'm most excited to just keep um, uh, on the path that we're on, you know, working with the families that we have, adding new families, um, you know, um, so from a product perspective, uh, from a corporate perspective, you know, we're um, you know, we're re really getting to a, re a really great point health wise across all aspects of our business. Um, so I'm really just I'm excited to just keep getting great advice, keep making good decisions and keep growing the company in the right direction. Jonathan, if people want to learn more about you and estate space, where can they go to to get more information, please? Yeah, no, great. Um, you can just go to estatespace.com. Um, you can just uh, you can you can contact us and someone will be in touch. Um, you can find me. You can find some of our other uh, our, our other team members on LinkedIn. Um, please reach out. Uh, I love to connect, and uh, and I actually will connect um, so that we can have a meaningful conversation in the same way that uh, you and I actually know each other now, right? So we yeah. didn't just click a button to know each other on a platform, but we actually you know want to forge a relationship and get to know somebody, and that's that's uh, that's what you'll get from me. Jonathan, thank you so much for coming on. It was a ton of fun. Awesome. I appreciate it. Great job. Thank you. Thank you. Take care. Bye-bye. Right, Bye. If you haven't done so already, please make sure to subscribe to the show and leave a review and comment and let me know what you think. Thank you, and I'll see you all very soon on the next episode.